0: You're listening to Language Nerds to Earth, a podcast about linguistics, culture, travel, and how they're all connected. And now it's time to meet your language nerd hosts, one in China, one in Spain, it's Patrice and Rachel.
1: And I'm Rachel. And welcome to Language
2: Nerds to Earth. We are on episode number 32. And today we're going to be talking about some different queer experiences with some special guests, some interviews. Mm -hmm. So that will be really interesting, I think.
1: Yeah, this is actually an episode that I've wanted to do for a long time. Yeah, me too. So I'm glad we finally got to it. Yeah, Yeah. so first we're going to take a look at how gay rights differ around the world in the last few years, where it's safe to go, where it's not safe to go, mm-hmm. and then we are also going to listen to some experiences from some friends. Yeah, but
2: first we have some language news. So researchers at the University of Alberta have determined the 10 funniest words in English. <laughs>
1: This is so great. This article just cracked me up because they are really funny words. Yeah, they are. (laughs) So this article is from The Independent. Words are judged to be funnier if they are less common and have an improbably orthographic or phonological structure.
2: So what does that mean? Yeah, what does that even mean? (laughs) Less common, I think, is clear. So... We can see an example of this in a minute, but yeah, words that you don't hear all the time, sometimes when you finally hear them, you're like, oh, I forgot about that word or like that word is yeah kind of funny.
1: And then basically what I pictured when I heard this was like words with consonants and or vowels that are put together that usually just aren't put that way. Mhm. Maybe... Uh, I feel like there's some repetition in some of these words too
2: Mm -hmm.
1: in the phonological structure, but in the episode on swearing, I think that was in the early twenties, we talked about the fricatives and how like a lot of times swearing has certain phonemes that go together because they're kind of it's a cathartic sound to make. Mm -hmm. So, for example, the swear word. Mm-hmm. A very common one in the English language. It's like, oh, it just feels good to say that word, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Or shh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that way we don't have to bleep it out.
2: <laughs> yeah. So let's look at some of the words. Yeah. Oh, and phonological, that's just the way that it sounds. Mm-hmm. So some of them just sound really funny. Like you'll see. Yeah. Um <laughs>
1: So these researchers ranked 4,997 words in the English language.
2: Right. So they had participants rank them in terms of their comedic value. Mm-hmm. And from there, they like shortened and shortened and shortened the list until they got to the top 10 funniest words. Ah, okay.
1: So they narrowed it down.
2: Mm-hmm. So let's look at the words. Yes. So one of them is upchuck. Upchuck. <laughs> upchuck. I think this one was funny because it's like a kind of, it sounds like a made-up word, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it comes from, like, chuck, chuck up. Yeah. And they, like, I don't know.
1: I mean, it means vomit, right? Yeah. I like this word a lot. Is The word we use for our cats when they vomit is erp. So maybe <laughs> vomiting is just, like, funny. Because when you vomit, you make sounds that you wouldn't normally make anyway. So yeah. maybe it has something to do with that. I don't know. Up, chuck, erp. Did you erp? Did you erp on the floor again?
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> to me, it sounds like, you know, chuck up, like, sounds like what you might say, like, throw up, chuck up. Mm-hmm. And then, like, everything's happening in reverse. So, like, the, the yeah. word is in reverse. I don't know. That's how it always has seemed to me.
1: That's a great idea. That's
2: a really good observation. <laughs> I like it. So, another one is bubby. <laughs> Bubby. Bubby. It just sounds cute. <laughs> it
1: is cute. Is it a term for a grandmother? My bubby?
2: Maybe. I thought it was kind of like baby or something. I want to say. Wanna say it's like a Jewish grandmother thing. In Wiktionary, it says childish, familiar term of address for a boy. All right. Like bub, bubba. Interesting. Hmm.
1: Another one we have is Wrigley. Mm-hmm. I think of like getting the wiggles with this one Wrigley, like th- a little worm. I think of puppies they wriggle. I think of my cat who much resembles a puppy and yes, that <laughs> is the cat that we put on Instagram this week.
2: <laughs> He's so cute
1: <laughs> One time we we took him we sent him to the vet for a shave because he gets a line shave sometimes and the vet called me and he was like, He's doing really well. Um, we had to take a break because he was getting a little bit wiggly. Because <laughs> he, like, starts wiggling a lot <laughs> when he's uncomfortable. Oh,
2: that's cute. Yeah. Uh, another one is boff. I don't know what that means. Does that mean, like, f*** or something? Let's see. Yeah, have sexual intercourse with. Oh. Or to okay. hit someone.
1: Well, I guess you could do both at the same time. I guess so. It's depending on what you, what you like. The next one is yaps. Yap, yaps. yap, yap. Yeah, that's all I can imagine that it means. Just something yap, yapping.
2: Mm-hmm. Like making a sound. Mm-hmm. Like a dog.
1: Uh it's, yeah, to talk noisily or stupidly, to jabber. Mm-hmm. to yap. Yap. Yap, yap, yap.
2: This kind of reminds me of the word yammer, which I think is also a funny word. Mm-hmm.
1: Yammer on. Yammer, yammer.
2: Yeah, something about
1: the... Why at the beginning of a word is kind of pleasing,
2: yeah. And that like flat ah sound, Yap. yeah, yeah, it's true, true, <laughs> that <sounds> yeah. Funny. <laughs> um, giggle is another one, it doesn't hit my funny bone as much. I think it's the way that it sounds is kind of funny, giggle, mm-hmm. giggle, yeah, with the repeated G.
1: A lot of these words provoke like a movement feeling, you know, yeah, in my mind, giggle wriggle, <laughs> upchuck.
2: Giggle. Giggle. I think it's just a funny, weird way that the gl sound happens. Yeah, true. And yeah, The giggle. double G giggle. giggle. The next one is cooch. So. <laughs> uh, again, I think it's kind of a sound thing. Yeah. And maybe also the meaning. Mm-hmm. But the kind of ooh with a ch sound is not ch. one that we hear all the time, I think.
1: Yeah, it's like choo choo. It's like a kid's word. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. It's kind of like a young thing to say.
2: Yeah. Cooch. The only other word I can think of is pooch mm. that sounds like that, mm-hmm. which is also like a weird sounding word. It just, I think that sound combination doesn't happen a lot.
1: When you call your belly a pooch, it sounds cuter than belly rolls. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe it's the same with this. Yeah. <laughs> Another one is guffaw.
2: This is one of my favorites.
1: <laughs> guffaw, guffaw, guffaw.
2: The sounds are weird, and also it's like a word that you don't hear a lot. Mm-hmm. People usually just say laugh or giggle, I guess. Mm-hmm.
1: True. I think I remember Jon Stewart using it at one point. Guffaw, guffaw. Ha ha, like... ha, ha. <laughs> just like that yeah <laughs> and another one is puffball which again i think of my
2: cat yeah well poofball. yeah i think of a dog but yeah
1: <laughs> it also evokes like a great image you know mm-hmm.
2: something usually cute or soft mhm and the last one is jiggly 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 i jiggly, think jiggly. jiggly puff yeah right <laughs> So it's funny, those wriggly, giggle, and jiggly. Yeah, exactly. It's just a weird sound, I think. Mm-hmm. So let us know if you have any other words that you find really funny. Yeah. <laughs> also, if you
1: have any words in a different language that you find really funny. I always like collecting those. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's move on to our main topic, which is the queer experience.
2: Yeah, so... This, I feel like, could be an installment, maybe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> because we always say that <laughs>
2: there are, you know, so many different experiences. Of course. And the two people that we have, their experiences are very unique. But it'd be interesting also to see different countries of origin, different countries of where they have spent more time as well. Definitely.
1: There are so many places I would love to know about, actually. Especially mm-hmm. if we could find somebody from the Middle East, that would be amazing Yeah, to hear about their experience. But first, let's take a look at rights for the LGBTQ community around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of get a feel for what's going on currently with it. Last year, in December 2017, Australia officially became the 26th country to legalize same-sex marriage. So that makes 26 countries total, unless it's changed in the last year, which is very possible. But there are, unfortunately, 73 countries, mostly in the Middle East, Africa, and Asia, where homosexual activity between consenting adults is illegal.
2: Yeah, and I think there are various degrees to which it is illegal. Like, in some countries, it's a capital punishment offense Mm -hmm. and in some it's not right
1: so there are actually eight countries where it's punishable by death Mm -hmm. so we have iran Sudan, saudi arabia and yemen um, parts of somalia and northern nigeria and then a few non-state actors which is isis which is in syria and iraq right now so some countries where it's been decriminalized People still face violence, arrest, imprisonment, torture, um, and that's according to Amnesty International. So the world still has a long way to go.
2: Yeah, but on the other hand, it is a growing trend to be more liberal in laws. Mm -hmm. So that's the good news. And there are five countries in the world, a pretty small number, but better than before. Better than nothing. (laughs) (laughs) have constitutions that explicitly guarantee equality for citizens on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. Mm -hmm. And those are Bolivia, Ecuador, Fiji, Malta, and the United Kingdom. Right. And five more
1: countries, Mexico, New Zealand, Portugal, South Africa, and Sweden, also have constitutions that provide protections based on sexual orientation. I'm surprised, actually, that it's still that few but I feel like first people's mentality changes then culture changes then like 50 years later things are written into law right just take
2: a really long time definitely do you know anything about gay rights in Spain in the bigger cities at least it's very gay friendly I mean I think Madrid is one of the most gay friendly cities in Europe and in 2016, they were the host of like World Pride, and cool, but I don't know legally like where they fall exactly.
1: Yeah, I don't know much about it in China either, but from what I understand, it's swept under the rug, which we'll hear about more with the interviews.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But basically, if you are gay and somebody beats you up and they know you're gay, they can basically say, Oh, I beat him up because he was gay. And then um, you don't have any rights, basically. Wow. So you can't... There's no protection for people who are queer in China. Wow. Yeah. So, let's hear from some of our friends. I interviewed two people. First was Hao Chen, so let him introduce himself.
0: Hi, what's up, everyone? (laughs) Um, My name is Hao Chen. I'm 27 years old. I was born and raised in China, but um, I used to live in Florida for four years and went to school there and then worked for two years. I just moved back to China and relocated in Shenzhen last year.
1: And the other person was Gary, who we've heard from before. He was in the episode we did on cultural superstitions. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Hello, I've been here before. I'm Gary Campbell. I am from the United Kingdom. Currently I live in Shenzhen, China.
2: So both of these individuals have experienced basically two cultures in quite a lot of depth. So we were interested in, you know, hearing what those countries were. Yeah. And how they feel that homosexuality is viewed in these different cultures. I felt
0: like... Mm -hmm. I, like, fully became an adult man. This whole thing, this whole process, completed and happened, actually, in the States. Because back in China, so I moved to the States in 24, right? And, but before that, in China, I was just a schoolboy. I had been always in school high school, college, and right after
3: college, I'm uh, It's a little different in different parts of the UK. Like, I think it's more accepted within England than it is Scotland, depending mm. on certain people, even though Scotland has more rights for gay people, which is funny. Mm. Whereas in England, people are a little more liberal, not liberal, a little more PC. People are like, oh, it's cool, blah, 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 blah. And most of the people I talk to are open-minded people anyway. Whereas in Scotland, I'm not saying that people aren't open-minded, but they're a little less PC so they'll use more slurs and more banter, but that isn't necessarily them being hateful. Obviously, there are hateful people, but is isn't necessarily them being hateful. It's just their way of dealing, I suppose. But um, now living in China, South Asia, it's just not spoken about.
0: Well, it is very different. Because I feel like, while in the States, I was all along there. Didn't have any family or any friends in my old friend circle who were there with me that... If I come out to them, it could potentially affect my relationship with my family or how I interact with people back in China. So I felt very free. And it's sort of like, you know what? You don't know me. I don't know you. I'm in a different country. I'm going to do whatever I want. That's kind of like you have this sort of invisible protection and you feel more comfortable with that. And also because I realized that I know that for sure that are more liberal, I'm open minded and so I psychologically and mentally I feel very confident and comfortable in a safe to do that. And I when I did people were like Yeah. So <laughs> and, uh,
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at work people don't know, which is funny if you met me. My young friends in China Chinese people are usually women and those women are hundred percent cool with it. They're very, it doesn't bother them whatsoever, I'm just their friend. Just as like my Western friends, there's no issue, so. But from the Chinese people I know, there's not a problem. But then again, for more traditional people, I remember going to a gay party once, and it was a under-the-sea theme, so I dressed as a mermaid, why the hell not? And the police were called on me, and I was pulled over twice. And my Chinese friend, who's a woman, had to translate and be like, no, we're going to a party. Mm. And also, that same night, I went to Seven Eleven to buy some noodles, because I was drunk and wanted to eat something. They refused to serve me, because I was in a fancy dress costume. It wasn't even full drag, it was just just a costume. When I actually did do full drag, I don't do this often, I'm not a drag queen, for my friend's um, 40th birthday, is was a 70s theme, as you know, me and Patrice dressed up as ABBA together, and I was the blonde, and it took, I think, about 10 taxis past me on the way home. But Oh, it's just an ugly woman, close-up, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I don't ever feel in danger, that's for sure. I don't feel in danger. Maybe shunned by more traditional people because mm-hmm. they don't understand.
0: There was something I have to tell. You this one story. Oh my gosh, it's so hilarious. Stories are good. My professor, I love her so much. She's also like a mother figure. While we had us, um, we were very, very, we were still very, very close. And then before I moved to China, we had dinner. But before that, I, I didn't, I didn't come out to her. So I feel like okay, maybe this is the, this is the time. If I don't say it right now. Who knows when I will be able to see her again. And because I love her so much, and and I don't want to lie to her. I want her to see the whole piece of me. So we went out for dinner, and at a dinner table, I was like, literally just sitting like this. Like, um, Professor. So I have something to tell you, and I want you to... Promised me that we will still be friends, <laughs> you will still love me no matter what. And then she's like, "What? You're gay?" And it was just frozen. I was just like, "Uh, yes." And she's like, Ugh, "I knew it the first time I saw you." Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "What are you thinking?" <laughs> and and she was she was just like, "Well, Tom knows. Well, her husband. He knew as well the yeah. first time he saw you." What's the big deal? Like, I mean, like, I, I thought it, she was like, I thought you were going to tell me you were going to get married. <laughs> I was like, no. That's just like... So, yeah, she's very chill yeah. and so heartwarming, her reaction. And she gave me so much strength to, to just keep going. And she also shared her opinion and experience with, you know, other other students being homosexual and have to come out their families and friends and yeah so this story is just an example of how um, like you know what i encountered after i came out to people in the
2: states i thought it was kind of interesting hearing from someone who's from china China and someone who is an expat in china because their experiences while some um, overall similar are a bit different because how chen he already had friends he already had people that he had to come out to right whereas gary is well, sorry, living not, well, in this second culture that that's not his own really so, you know, know, so he kind of experiences i think more of the let's say discrimination from the more traditional people but he doesn't have that extra that extra layer of difficulty of like coming out to people who might be in that category
1: that's so insightful, Rachel. That was beautiful.
0: So, versus same situation here in China, I am definitely more careful choosing people to come out to. Yeah, <laughs> it's oh. not just like you know, like hey, okay. <laughs> but it's I'm definitely more com- uh, you know careful um, with my decision. And I do see the consequences sometimes, you know. I came out to people in my gym who I thought was my friends, and I, he confronted me, and I, I was just like, yeah, I'm gay. And then he was like, well, it's super cool, but I can clearly feel that we drifted apart. Wow. So yeah, that was not fun at all. It's such a bummer because, you know, it's really hard to make friends here, and I really treasure, you know, our friendship, and we also live in the same complex. Oh, we're actually we're actually neighbors. <laughs> so yeah, that was it. Was not it was not pleasant
3: at all. Um, in the UK, people just ask. It's up in the air. There's no, no elephant in the room. Whereas in China, it's just not spoken about in general. Or if they become familiar with you, if you have friends and they try to become more familiar with you, they will ask you. They will ask. But
1: mm-hmm.
3: Usually, they'll ask a friend to ask. Like I remember my one of my friends, Chris. He used to date a lot of Chinese girls when he first got here And if I was there, like, on a second or third date, like with other friends They would never directly ask me They would always ask Chris and then Chris would confirm Or Chris would bring it up to me And then I would then confirm It's never um, very indirect, beating around the bush Some Chinese people, like, have other friends who are very, boom, out there But in general, yeah, because it doesn't exist So, of course, they don't know how to tackle it in a polite way, I suppose So it's not their fault can't hold that against them. I don't, I don't take offense anyway.
1: It sounded like how Chen's experience—it was really good for him to go to the U.S. as a young person, yeah—and experience like a really accepting culture when he first started coming out to people, right? And I feel like maybe that might have helped him gain the tools necessary to mm-hmm. love himself in the face of a non-accepting culture in China,
2: yeah.
0: I was closeted in college before I moved to the States, let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the fine line, the milestone of my life. But then I decided to come out when I was in the States. And then, then I moved back last year and I thought about it, do I still want to be in the closet or do I just want to be out there and be honest with me and with you know, my friends. And further down the road but with my family and I thought I was like you know what I can't go back I just have to be out and <laughs> be wow. who I am
1: that's a big decision
0: yeah so I slowly uh, you know come out to some friends very close friends and then when people come to me and confront me about my sexual orientation, I would just say, yes, I'm gay. Mm. And this is what I did with my friends in the gym, with my friends at work. Yeah. And, yeah, so I definitely had more gay experience in Florida, and it's definitely much better. Even sometimes when people think about, oh, it's Florida, how better could it be? I'm like, comparing to China, yes, it's it's still so much better.
2: And I feel like his experience in the U.S. is kind of analogous to Gary's in China because he doesn't have that restriction of like people that he already knows. Yeah. He could just be who he is and not worry about it.
1: So, we asked them if they've come out to their parents about being gay, and god, their answers were so incredibly different.
2: Yeah. Totally.
0: I feel like to my parents it's very different. Yeah. Coming out to your parents is very different than coming out to your friends. Yeah. Um and I want to make sure that I, 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 I prep them a little bit before uh, I reveal the big secret. Which
1: to which them is really big.
0: Huge. Yes. Drastically um, surprising or even shocking. I feel like this this is going to be really hard on both sides of, of us. So I want to make sure um, that I'm comfortable, first of all, and when I'm comfortable, um, and when, when I have the prep talk, when I, you know, I, I prep them for that big talk, um, and I want to just, you know, go and and talk about it. So for now, to my parents, I'm still in the closet, I still haven't come out yet, however, well, some people say, some of my friends say that my parents, especially my mom, already knew. Oh, well, well, I don't know about that. Because they were saying, like, oh, you know, who knows you better than your mom, you know, than your parents, especially your mom. Like, your mom gives birth to you. And there was a time when I first moved back, I was home with them, and then we, we took a walk after dinner. With you know, with both of them, you know, just, we were just talking, and they were talking about my relationship and what I'm going to do with myself in the future. And then my mom was just like, "Well, you're 26. You have to think about your personal stuff, which means like my relationship and marriage and whatever." Mm-hmm. I'm just like, "Mom, I just I just moved back, and I'm I'm very comfortable just by myself, and I want to give myself a little bit of time to to build a career, to build a life in here. I'm so disconnected with China." Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's, a good, that's a good thing to say. That's a good thing to say, yeah. yeah that, that's a very good excuse. <laughs> um, but also, that was also, I wouldn't say that's an excuse, but it's also true. I yeah. need to, you know, rebuild this connection with my home country mm-hmm. and market here. And then out of nowhere, she was just like, Well, where are your parents, and if you have anything you want to talk to us, I want you to be. Confident and comfortable to talk about it, but yeah, like I was like, you know, that was so close. That moment was like so. It hits home really close to the home, and I was just like, should I do it now? But I didn't. I didn't do it. I just don't feel like it. It's, 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 it's about time.
1: I thought it was really sweet. Hao Chen's answer. Yeah, I mean you can't expect somebody to just totally change their mentality from one day to the next, right? Yeah. But you also can't... Hao Chen's not going to, like, automatically rebel against his parents. His parents love him, and he loves his parents, so it's a very gray area where it sounds like he
2: is with them. Yeah. And I think he's being very compassionate with them as well. I mean, he understands that that's going to be really difficult for them most likely and not expecting i guess that they're just going to be like perfect with it and which is really difficult but it's also really i think compassionate of him
1: yeah i think so too it's a good way to put it and then gary's response yeah
3: <sighs> well my mum, she's 100 percent fine with it but she tells everyone like it's just like and you know, like if you see a really ugly person like they have, they might have a big nose, and be like, don't look at their nose. Do you know what I mean? When you're speaking to them, she does that with me, with everyone. Before she introduced I mean, them, by the way, Gary's gay. Before they even meet me, I know that's not right. She's not doing it to be hurtful. She's just, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, like actually, My mum actually forced me to come out to her, rather than me come out to her naturally, because she knew. And then she's pretty much pestered me, and eventually I did. Mm-hmm. And then I said, I don't want anyone else in the family to know right yet. All my friends have always known. Because, my, like I said, my, fam- my family is Scottish, and they're, they're not as open-minded as some people. Nice but but um, some of my family members, it, it would be like trying to embarrass me rather than support me. I think that's why my mum tells people beforehand, because she wants to get her- ahead of it, and that's her way of dealing with it. She doesn't have a problem with being gay at all. She wants me to be happy. And I've shouted at her a few times, like, it's not... You don't need to address it. People know. Do you know what <laughs> you mean? And if they don't know, they don't need to know. It's none of their business. But my... But my mum is great with it. She just um, needs to learn to come to terms with it a little more. My dad, on the other hand, he won't even acknowledge it. And my mum told my grandfather and my father, even though I was strictly told her not to, but um, my grandfather, who was born in the 30s, surprisingly was cool and he was fine, which I was really shocked about. I didn't want him to know. But with my dad, he was just like, my dad's a homophobe. So um, like I remember at a family event one time, actually my granddad's funeral, I was outside, one of my best friends from home, Greya, she was my profile picture on Facebook, just me and her at our graduation a few years ago, and he went, oh, your girlfriend's, oh, and I just looked at him, and I went, I'm not doing this, and walked away, he just (gasps) won't address it, because that's his problem. Yeah.
1: It sounds like, I mean, I think my mom's generation is kind of around that level, like, they're accepting of it, but it's still, like, such a new thing. That Mm -hmm. people are out and comfortable and society's comfortable with it. In their lifetime, they've gone from, like, never ever discussing it to it being legalized. And now we're talking about, like, transgender rights, which is just totally... Nobody ever would have known what that was in their time as kids, so... Yeah. So I, I think it's understandable that Gary's mom... Even though she is really accepting, she like d- still doesn't know how to handle it uh, around other people. You know,
2: right? She kind of makes some missteps, but I also <laughs> felt like he was pretty understanding of her. Like, yeah, he doesn't think that she does it out of bad intentions, but just not knowing how to handle it, not knowing right. the best way to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So finally, we asked if they thought it was. That their parents' reactions were typical of people from their culture and their
0: age group. Mm -hmm. I would say they're pretty typical. Well, I mean, maybe they're more Mm open-minded, a little bit more open-minded. Especially when it comes to when I made my decision to my education in America. They did not show 100% support, but they were not trying to stop me from doing that. But from some story I heard from other people that there were parents who were actually trying to subtouch their children's plans for themselves just because they want them to stay around them and in the same city or even in the same area. So when it comes to this, yes, my parents are more open-minded. But when it comes to homosexuality, i it probably just know. Um, they'll probably have the same page, I don't know. <laughs> I guess maybe, hopefully someday you'll find out. <laughs> yeah,
3: hopefully. Yeah. My mum's, yeah, I'd say the typical of their generation, but my mum's not hateful. She's just, yeah, she's just not very tactful in dealing with it. But she's not got a problem with gay people, she just doesn't, she's learning. Whereas my dad, eh, that's up to him.
1: And then we asked one more thing, if they wanted to add anything. Mm-hmm. Gary has also been to Hong Kong a lot, because he has been living in China for a few years. And the gay culture is very, very different in Hong Kong, so I asked him to talk about that a little bit. And that was really interesting.
2: Yeah.
3: Hong Kong's completely different. Yeah, if you're gay, you're gay in Hong Kong, it's fine. I was at um, Hong Kong Pride actually a few weeks ago, and so many openly gay people there and I was actually interviewed by someone from the University of Hong Kong and they asked me to compare the differences of Hong Kong and mainland China and that is one of them in mainland China, gay doesn't exist they sweep it under the carpet whereas in Hong Kong they embrace it a lot more you don't have to necessarily hide in Hong Kong which is good and there's a lot of, in Shenzhen there are no gay bars there's gay friendly places or gay themed nights every month or so but in Hong Kong there actually are gay bars where gay people go
1: literally i can be in hong kong in 20 minutes if i want to um there are slower ways to get there but it's so close to where i am right and there's hong kong and then there's like china which is totally totally different
2: yeah so it's like a world of difference and just like a short little distance yeah it's
1: crazy and then hao chen had some words for anybody who is still on the fence about whether they're accepting of the LGBTQ community.
0: Uh, I feel like we, to to open your mind, to open your heart takes a lot. You know, it it's as a, as what I said, it's it's not going to happen overnight or just in a snap. It takes time, but as long as you want to listen, as long as you want to understand, really understand who we are and what we're going through at yeah. I've said it a hundred times, but it is so true. And you know, you will have a new perspective. And, and if you if you want to understand, and you will, and we will show you that we're not some sort of weirdos or pedophile or uh, or HIV carriers or you know what I mean. Like we're just as normal as humans as you are. And it's just. It's the only difference we, we, we have we have the same blood. We we believe the same blood and, and and we have the same kind of you know humanity in us.
1: So thank you so much, Gary and Hao Chen, for talking to us. We yes. really appreciate your perspectives.
2: Yes, it was so nice to hear your stories and be able to share them and learn from them.
1: Yeah. If anybody else has some input on being queer in a different culture or in your own culture, we would love to hear from you, mm-hmm. of course. And as we mentioned earlier, this will be an installment. So maybe we'll have part two in another time, maybe next year.
2: Yeah, That'd be cool. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. So what How Chen's story kind of reminded me a lot of was there's this really great podcast called Nancy. If you're interested in this topic, That might be another one to check out. It's a LGBTQ podcast, and both of the hosts are Asian and queer. So Kathy, she's one of the hosts. In the very first episode, she talks about how she has come out to her mom Hmm. maybe like three times, and so I think the most recent time, she recorded it with her mom, and I think every time her mom doesn't really acknowledge it and she just kind of ignores it and then says like, when are you going to get a boyfriend? When are you (laughs) going to (laughs) like later? So it's really, really good. um, The podcast. That's super interesting. Yeah. So it might be an interesting comparison to Hao Chen's because it's a pretty similar story, although they live in the United States. But yeah. Cool. Check that out. We'll post a
1: link to that in our show notes. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, yeah, let us know what you think about this week's topic. We'd love to hear from you.
2: Yeah. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, all the places pretty much. And you can reach out to us there or follow us to see more content.
1: Yeah. And if you have a friend who you think would be interested in the podcast, don't forget to recommend us. Word of mouth is a very effective way to spread the word.
2: Yeah, and please subscribe if you haven't already. That way you'll get the little notification when we post a new episode and you won't miss anything. Yeah, definitely. And don't forget to leave
1: us a review on iTunes. That really helps with our visibility. And uh, the more visibility we have, the more people will listen and learn about the world. And our next episode is about... Mistakes
2: you make while you're traveling.
1: (laughs) Mistakes you make when you're traveling and what mistakes not to make when you're traveling. So be sure to tune in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And please send us your Lost in Translations. Oh yeah, please. (laughs) We're out of Lost in Translation moments, guys. Yeah. I miss that segment. I know. Me too. They're so interesting. So if you'd (laughs) like to hear more... Well, come on, you gotta share them, so it's
1: give and take
2: relationship here guys. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Have a great
1: week, everyone. Yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.